Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner. Sask Ag Today with Doug Faulkner. Good afternoon and welcome to Sask Ag Today. Coming up on today's program, the latest Manitoba crop report is out. We'll tell you how far harvest has progressed in our neighboring province. The U.S. Department of Agriculture boosted corn acres and cut world wheat ending stocks in the September WASDE report released yesterday. We'll hear from Todd Hultman, who is the lead market analyst with DTN, the progressive farmer. The Health Foundation of East Central Saskatchewan's Farming for Health project wrapped up yesterday. I had a chance to speak with Larry Hillworth, who is the past chair for Farming for Health. And, of course, we will draw our uh, Week 5 winner of GX94 Supper in the Field. So all of those stories and much more coming up on today's edition of Saskag Today. But first, it's time for your Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. And that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy, and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka, your Remax Blue Chip Ag Division Specialist. Welcome back to Sask Ag Today. The latest Manitoba crop report suggests harvest progress in the province is at 51%, which is ahead of the five-year average of 42%. James Fry is an applied production specialist with Manitoba Agriculture based in Roblin and he focuses on the northwest region of the province. Well, we're trailing just behind that at 48%, so we're, we're keeping up. That's pretty good. We've had uh, actually pretty good conditions over the past week to, um, to plug away at harvest. Um, Birch River has uh, got six-tenths of an inch at the, the station there, and the paw just got just a skiff of rain. So, you know, there's been, been a bit of moisture uh, intermittently here and there, some that occurred midweek last week, which did, in fact, I think, slow down harvest more um, for about a day or so. But otherwise, we've been doing quite well. So we're, you know, sitting at it. Um, winter cereals are fully harvested as, as our peas, uh, and uh, spring wheat is not far behind that at about 90%. Barley is at around 75%, and oats as well, 75%. And uh, starting to get into the canola acres with about 15% of canola harvested as of the time of the report. So I think that's probably higher uh, even now as we speak. But overall, like I said, been uh, good good uh, progress. Another thing that has kind of been slowing things down a bit is that we've had some very cool nights, which have resulted in heavy dews in the morning. And uh, anybody who's gone out to their car has definitely seen that windshield is probably wet. And those cool evening temperatures are beginning earlier in the day. So, you know, that window, that that ideal harvest window is definitely shrinking. He's also received some new reports on crop yields. Yeah, we've seen, uh, I think, uh, favorable yields for many crops. Um, You know, as as I mentioned, the uh, peas have been off now probably for um, the better part of a week. uh, The last field's coming off. Some of those fields uh, would have received minimal moisture through the season, maybe been lighter land. So those are in the 40 to 45 bushel per acre range. But uh, thankfully, the the bulk of the yields 
are more in that 60 to 70 bushel mark, which is, like I said, more typical and definitely um, better for the producer. Uh, spring wheat, uh, in most areas, we, we're seeing yields, uh, you know, it ranges as low as 50 and as high as 90 bushels, but that average is probably sitting in the 60 to 70 bushel range, and it's mostly of good quality. So that's also encouraging. We've, we've seen some progress uh, following the, the harvest of uh, baling activity and lots of uh, trucks moving on the highways, hauling bales where, where they uh, will hang out for the winter. So uh, good progress there. Canola is, like I said, around 15% complete, although that's actually just starting up in the paw. Things have been a little slower for them this season. Uh, desiccation and swathing is well underway, and you know, we've also seen a lot of crop dusters, which means um, that farmers have been uh, drawing them in to get the job done as well. And those yields are climbing as uh, we see, you know, better fields. The earliest fields typically are going to be, you know, on the lighter land or where the, the rains just didn't fall. So now we're starting to see those yields climb somewhere in that 40 to 55 bushel range. Kind of in the 40 to 50 is probably more of, a, of an average. Fry says soybean and flax crops in northwest Manitoba are close to being ready. Yeah, those are those are also ripening up. Soybeans, um, uh, as we know, kind of ripen slower, so those are still hanging out in the you know the kind of final stages of development, and uh, in some cases maybe just kind of waiting for that that one frost which does them in. And uh, flax, similarly, is um, you know nearing it's in that that dry bowl stage, so uh, nearing the point where it can also be harvested. And he has one final tip for livestock producers. Yeah, I guess to throw out a reminder as well, just to livestock producers to remember um, uh, to watch for regrowth on uh, sorghum, Sudan grass, and on sorghum, um, to wait until about the uh, two foot or 30 inch mark to regraze that that plant, just to, due to the accumulation of prussic acid in the uh, in the plant material, which can be quite harmful to livestock. So it's just something to watch for as the temptation may be out there to um, put the animals back out on that field, just to watch for that regrowth. James Fry is an applied production specialist with Manitoba Agriculture, based in Roblin. It's time now for the Beef and Forage Report, and that's a presentation of Priestville Salvage. See them for new and used ag parts. Beef and Forage Report. Indonesia has resumed imports of live cattle from all facilities in Australia following a partial suspension two months ago after a small number of animals were detected with lumpy skin disease. Indonesia, the biggest buyer of live cattle from Australia, halted imports between July and August from seven of 60 cattle export facilities after some cattle in separate shipments tested positive for lumpy skin disease. Indonesia has said those facilities account for more than 70% of imports. The head of Indonesia's Agriculture Quarantine Agency at the Agricultural Ministry told a news conference that imports had resumed on Friday, but said Australia must fulfill certain requirements, such as ensuring livestock's health and disinfecting vessels before departure. Indonesia bought about 56% of Australia's total live cattle exports, in 2021-22. And that's today's Beef and Forge Report. 
It's time now for the Ag Review portion of our program, and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. DX94, Agri-View. Manitoba Progressive Conservatives are promising to permanently cut in half rental fees for agricultural crown lands as part of a series of farm-related election promises. Derek Johnson, a cabinet minister seeking re-election in Interlake Gimli, says producers have been under stress since the drought of 2021 and a cut that was put in place temporarily would be made permanent. The Tories are also promising triple funding for veterinary service districts which maintain clinics across the province if they win the October 3rd election. Johnson says that would attract new veterinarians to rural Manitoba and improve services. The Tories are also promising to double fund the Winnipeg Humane Society for the One Health program, which provides veterinary care in underserved rural areas. Advanced polls for the election open September 23rd. Canola production numbers for Canada, as estimated by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, underwent several changes for the 2022-23 and 2023-24 crop years. The data for Canada was among the estimates the USDA's Foreign Agricultural Service, or FAS, put in its monthly report. The FAS dropped its production estimates on Canadian canola, with that for 2022-23 going from 19 million in the August report to almost 18.7 million in line with Statistics Canada's production report issued August 29th. Output for 2023-24 was cut from 19 million metric tons as well to 18.2 million, while StatScan forecasts 17.56 million metric tons. One set of numbers that increased came with the 2022-23 exports, which the FAS raised from 7.5 million last month to now 7.95 in September. But 2023-24 exports were cut from 8.4 million to 7.9 million. Dale Rizula, Saskatchewan's provincial specialist for pulses, forages and specialty crops, says that while this year's harvest is progressing well, he expects average at best pulse production this year. He says crop conditions were varied across the province, with the worst conditions in the southwest and the best conditions in the northeast, especially around Melfort. Rizula adds that most of the reports he heard had lentil yields at 30 to 40 bushels per acre, while also hearing some places had recorded 60 bushels per acre and at least one only producing 5 bushels per acre. Due to the dry conditions in many parts of Saskatchewan, Rizula expects chickpeas to fare the best out of the other pulse crops. On the other hand, faba beans, which are mostly grown in the northeast, are very short, and he also expects the lentil crop to be in better condition than dry peas. Grain shipments through the port of Thunder Bay are running well ahead of the year-ago level, with 3.747 million metric tons of grain shipped as of August 31st. That was up by 1.1 million metric tons from the previous year's pace, but slightly behind the five-year average 
according to an update from the Port Authority. Grain movement in August came in at 608,406 metric tons, which compares with 502,502 metric tons in August of 2022. Potash and general cargo shipments were also described as strong, although year-to-date levels for both at 775,014 metric tons and 20,966 metric tons respectively were down slightly from 2022. Total cargo movement at the port of Thunder Bay through August 31st at 4.934 million metric tons was up from 3.964 million metric tons the previous year due to the increase in grain movement. Total vessel traffic in the port of Thunder Bay increased by 50 vessels as of August 31st year over year. The EU Agriculture Commissioner believes the European Commission should extend a temporary ban on Ukraine imports into five neighboring EU states as the measure helped boost exports outside the bloc. Ukraine has become entirely dependent on alternative European Union routes called Solidarity Lanes for its grain exports after Russia abandoned in July a year-long deal that had allowed Ukrainian grains to be shipped safely via its Black Sea ports. As a result, farmers in neighboring states, Poland, Hungary, Romania, Bulgaria and Slovakia, have faced increased competition and bottlenecks in their own markets. The European Commission announced temporary preventive measures in May that would ban sales into these five states while allowing transit to non-EU markets, mainly Africa. And be sure to listen to the latest SaskAg Today podcast. It's brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Please stay tuned. SaskAg Today will return in a few moments. But first, let's hear once again from Tanya Cherry. Livestock market conditions. U.S. live cattle futures for October closed at 183.15 today. That's down one full cent. December live cattle closed at 187.85, down 60. October feeder cattle closed at 259.05, down 220. November feeder cattle closed at 261.57, down 132. October lean hogs closed at 83.97, down 130. December lean hogs closed at 76.35, down 55. And that's the livestock market conditions. Back to Saskag today. I'm Doug Falconer. It's mainly cloudy and 20 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at the top of the hour. The Health Foundation of East Central Saskatchewan's Farming for Health project wrapped up yesterday. I went out and sat in a combine with past Farming for Health co-chair Larry Hillworth yesterday afternoon to find out how it was going. Uh, we got this crop seeded, I can't remember what it was, but uh, we seeded it myself and uh, seeded with a Seedmaster single rank 15 inch drill and uh, we're just harvesting it today. And how many commons do you have out here today? Well, that's a good question. I think there's uh, seven of us out here. I mean, Rocky Mountain Equipment brought a couple out. Uh, uh, New Holland's out here with one. Uh, Patterson's out here with one. 
Canada West Harvest Centre, uh, first year that they've been in the project and they brought a combine out. Uh, Glenn Ford and uh, Jordan Ford, they came out with a, uh, one of their own combines, they're local farmers and they help us with the wheat crop on, the, on this project. And, and, uh, sorry Doug, and, uh, too many radios in here. And uh, they brought out a grain cart and a combine and I brought my own combine out here too. So. Uh, that and uh, Byron Petruk at Cinnaboyne Valley Transporter is hauling it all off the field for us. And uh, yeah, it's just great when you see so many people that can come and get involved in this project and get this crop harvested for the Health Foundation. So this is canola. How many acres of canola did you have? Yeah, this is canola. We've got about 410 acres of canola being seeded here. Uh, it's a Bravant seed uh, provided by Corteva. They've been supporting us from day one in this project. And collectively, I think they've given us over $350,000 worth of seed towards this project. Uh, Boyd Ellis is their local rep, and we really thank him for that. So, yeah, about 400 acres. It looks like it should hold an average of of 50-ish, I would think. Um, some places 50-55, and uh, yeah, it's all been sold through LDC. And so we should know the results here in a few hours. Did you seed anything else besides canola this year? Was it all canola? Uh, no, the Health Foundation, we seed half of the farm to wheat, and then we seed the other half to canola. And uh, we have a couple families that help us out with that. Uh, Ellen and Dave Shoemake, they helped us out with the wheat this year. The Ford family will help us out with the wheat next year. So we alternate so that we're always on uh, uh, the, the, the group, if you will, the ag business community and farming community, we always harvest the canola. Right. And you expect to finish up today? Oh yeah, we should be finished here in a couple of three hours. You got seven combines going up and down the field. It doesn't take too long. And uh, yeah, no, it, it's really good. And just a big shout out to everybody that helps us out. I mean, uh, the co-chairs on this project are, are Wade McNeil from from uh, Agritactics Agronomy and, and Daryl Flunder from LDC. And uh, together with Al Mitchell and myself, we used to uh, help out with this and we still do to some extent. Uh, but Al and I have stepped aside for the younger generation to take over. And a big shout out too to our media our sponsors that kind of help promote this for us. And as well to uh, Kathy Pearson and her team at Farm Credit Corporation that provided us with, with Launch in the Field today. Well, that's good to hear that you got fed by Kathy and the crew from FCC. Now, remind us once again what exactly Farming for Health raises money for. Oh, absolutely. Good question, because lots of times people ask us. Well, this started out here 10, 11 years ago where, where the idea was put forth to the Health Foundation to see if the Health Foundation could raise money for the idea of having a new hospital sometime. So this was presented to us through the Health Foundation. I was in the dealership at the time, Maple Farm Equipment, and said, hey, can we get involved to try and help them grow? And the land was owned by the city, and the city said, hey, we would donate the land if you guys could see if we could do this. And so we did that. And so we raised the first million dollars, and then we didn't see a hospital coming too quickly. And uh, it's still not coming too quickly, but uh, about three, four years ago, the, the, the committee, the local ag community, that chairs this project kind of said, you know what, why don't we see if, if we could raise money for some of the needed equipment that the Health Foundation has. So we kind of switched gears here about four years ago, I think, and we said, okay, we're going to continue to raise money, and the city was totally on side with it. If we used 
the money to buy equipment that the Health Foundation needs. And so we have since raised over $2 million collectively. Our million dollars, our first million still sits aside ready for a hospital if and when it ever happens. Uh, but that money is sitting there again generating interest and so yeah, it's it's all for the betterment of everybody within the Yorkton Health District uh, that we're providing this equipment and, and uh, sources of funds, etc. So just a huge shout out, Doug, to everybody in the ag community and it's so it's so grateful to be able to pick up the phone and phone somebody and say, hey, can you bring a combine? Can you help? Can you provide a meal? Can you help? Can you provide fuel? But Co-op has been with us from day one providing fuel for all these hungry machines. So, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, Mike Ariel, who helps us spray, uh, you know, when they can uh, spray the crop. Uh, Agritactics, as we mentioned before, who does all our agronomy. And, um, you know, uh, Ronnie Cox, who provides us hail insurance. And, and the Flamins that are providing our grain cart today. So, yeah, there's just, there's so many, I hate to mention it because I always forget somebody, but it's just a great sense of community uh, when they come together and you start to harvest a crop like this. Yeah, it's unbelievable how many people come together for all of this. And, and it does sound like we're inching ever so closer to a new hospital. We keep hearing announcements about money being set aside for, for I guess, uh, you know, just for, for planning it. Yeah, absolutely. I had Diane Rosnack, who's the chairperson of the Health Foundation, come and ride with me for a com in a combine today and uh, I was asking her about it and she says yes they've now released uh, some more money to study that's under study and you think okay how long do you have to keep studying this right but they are studying it and, and we understand the protocol that you have to go through and the bureaucracy to get there but yeah I think I think it'll happen right uh, there's no formal announcement but every year we inch closer right and, and uh, you know uh, I don't know if there's been a location or anything else, but I think Yorkton will see a new hospital in time. Uh, I don't know when that is, and, and when it is, then we'll re-divert our, our funds from this project, if this project continues, um, to, towards a hospital. Well, thank you for everything you do on this, Larry. Uh, I know you've been working at this for a long time. It's much appreciated for all the work you've put into it to help us realize that dream of a new hospital in this city eventually. Yeah, certainly my pleasure. I mean kind of a farm kid at heart so you know to come out here and drive a combine amongst six or seven other guys and get this crop off and everybody benefits from it I think it's just it's what we have to do as a business community if we're gonna uh, get a new hospital or we're gonna get new equipment if we that belong in the community or that, that live in the community can't get behind projects like that nobody else can and so we all have to take a step forward and it's kind of nice getting all these competitors together and then you know you're starting to see some infield races between combines but it's all in the spirit of, of uh, volunteering and, and helping this community so like Yorkton is Yorkton's motto where good things happen and this is one of the good things that are happening and I can't believe how nice and smooth and quiet this ride is I grew up driving a JD 6600 back in the 80s and it was pretty loud and pretty dusty and these things have come a long ways oh absolutely I mean the technology I mean this thing's three years old but the technology is even advanced beyond that I mean where it auto steers or it auto feeds it auto drives you just pretty well have to get your butt in the seat to make it work and yeah it, it's uh, amazing technology and we used to sell them too and so uh, they've come a long long ways but with them coming a long long ways so is the price and they're getting kind of it's almost getting like ridiculous already but it is what it is and, and uh, us farmers keep buying them well thank you for the smooth ride 
You're quite welcome, Doug. Thank you for coming out, and thanks for GX for supporting this. I know you guys do this every year. You're behind us, whether we're seeding or we're spraying or we're combining. And uh, to have GX, um, you know, with your agro-listening hours, like you guys reach west of Thunder Bay, I mean, it's just amazing. And so you guys do a great job for the ag community, and we're fortunate to have you guys and GX in the community. And when the canola harvest was all said and done yesterday afternoon, they took off nearly 52 bushels per acre, and that will bring in about $380,000 before expenses for the Health Foundation of East Central Saskatchewan. It's time now for the Commodities Update, and that's a presentation of Ducks Unlimited Canada. Ducks is offering a new winter wheat program package that will help with your crops yield and water retention. The winter cereal program package comes with agronomic advice from seeding to harvest and more. With four. Commodities Update. Canola futures closed up across the board today. November canola closed at 755.30. That's up $3 per metric ton. January canola closed at $764 per metric ton, up $2.90. December Minneapolis wheat closed at $787.5, that's up 8.5 cents. December Kansas City wheat closed at $744.75, up 14 cents. December Chicago wheat closed at $597 and a quarter up nine and three quarters of a cent. December corn closed at 482 and a quarter, up five and three quarters of a cent. November soybeans closed at 1349 and three quarters, up three and a quarter cents. December oats closed at 492 and three quarters, down two and three quarters of a cent. And that's the commodities update. It's time now to check in once again with Tanya Cherry. Thank you, Doug. It is the Rokenville Lucky Lottery. And first thing this morning, I messaged my friend who's farming in the Rama area. That's where he grew up, and that's where he's farming. And I said, okay, $100,000, what would you spend that money on? And he immediately replied, more bins, an auger, grain trailers. And I had to laugh because I was like, okay, well, that's the same answer you gave me last year. So, okay, <laughs> around this time, harvest, that's what uh, everybody's kind of needing. All right, $100,000 is what you could win. So are you spending it on that? Do you need a new set of grain trailers? Do you need a new auger or two? Do you need a new semi? Is yours, you know, on its last legs and you could use one? Okay, $100,000. Somebody is going to win that next month. Somebody is going to win $10,000 on Friday. That helps out too. You just need a ticket. one 762 5686 one 762 5686 with the Rokenville Lucky Lottery. Milligan Buck. Welcome back to Saskag Today. I'm Doug Falconer. It's week five of the harvest edition of GX94 Supper in the Field. We'll be bringing out supper for eight weeks this fall. We had 422 entries yesterday, and I called our lucky winner this morning. Hello. Oh, hi. Is this the Andy Addis residence? Yes, it is. Oh, hey. It's Doug Falconer calling from GX94 in Yorkton. How are you today? 
I'm okay, thanks. Yourself? Good. I'm good. Uh, the reason I was calling is we drew Andy's name for supper in the field. Oh, okay. And that's tonight? And that's tonight. Okay. Would that be okay uh, if we brought out some supper there? Uh, yep, sure. So that's Andy and Tracy Addis. They farm in the Roblin area. Our sponsors for GX94 Supper in the Field are Gowan Canada, Milligan Bio, Jump.ca, Maple Ag and Outdoor, Farm Credit Canada, Sask Milk, LDC, Smith Steel, Minute Muffler and Break, Yorkton Auction Centre, the Chalet Restaurant, and Razor Cellar at the Yorkton Hotel. It's now coming up on 1 o'clock in Saskatchewan, 2 o'clock in Manitoba. Time to check the GX94 precision weather forecast for the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today. Partly sunny, winds south-southwest at 15 to 25 and a high of 22 degrees. For tonight becoming cloudy with a 60% chance of developing showers, winds south becoming west-northwest at 10 to 20, a low of 10. For tomorrow, early cloud, giving way to sunshine during the day, then a 50% chance of evening showers, winds west-northwest at 20 to 40, a high of 19, an overnight low of 8. For Friday, partly sunny, winds north-northwest at 15 to 25, and a high of 19. For Saturday, sunny, a high of 21, and Sunday, sunny, a high of 25. In the Paw, Show Lake Russell and Roblin, it's 19 degrees. Swan River and Brandon are at 20. Dauphin is at 21. Regina reporting in at 20 degrees, Saskatoon 19, Hudson Bay 17, Broadview Mooseman Indian Head 21, Winyard Wadena Kelvington 18. The Yorkton Melville region has a mainly cloudy sky, a south southeast wind at 17 kilometers an hour, 57% is the relative humidity, the temperature is 20 degrees. That's your agriculture weather and that'll do it for SaskAg Today for today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 12.15 Saskatchewan time for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines. SaskAg Today has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner.